Um, you are not chocolate. No. And you are not, not Knox. <laughs> Our studio is falling apart. Welcome to the Sunday special. Pastor Toby, Chuck Knox is not here. And the water boy. You know, I'm just used to going from Toby to Knox to me. No. Um, so, but thank you for tuning in. We got a great show coming at you. We got uh, uh, Dave Bonson and Pastor Wilson coming on to talk about misinflation. Right. In our turns interview out, segment. Inflation's not the thing. Yeah. It's not the thing. And it's, and it turns out to be productive. Right. Is what we need to be doing right now. Working we, hard. We gotta work hard. Productive. Genesis one, it's all there. Yeah, that was really good. Um uh, we're gonna be in Arizona. April 17th, 19th. No, no primaries are, are May 17th, May 19th. So I know primaries are May 17th, and then we're going to be in Arizona on May 19th. That's that, that's where the dates are coming from. Right. May 19th, go to fightlaughfeast.com, uh, click on shop to sign up for that show. We got Delano Squires and Jeff Durbin coming on and some special guests to hang out with actually in a, pre, um, a pre-event before the show uh, starts and everything. So make sure you sign up. It's going to be a lot of fun out in Arizona. Nice, sunny cool at night we're gonna be on oh, yeah? uh raining uh grace ranch oh, uh we're doing a live ranch. show there stage set up uh it's gonna be fantastic setting is, and everything. is Knox gonna ride a bull maybe maybe <laughs> maybe we may. i just think that we should promise something like that because and, you know yeah if we're at a ranch in arizona I yep. think I think Knox should do something like that. Yeah, I think yeah. he should. Maybe, maybe, maybe at least maybe get one of those bowls, those riding bowls that got cushion. You know, it's a it's at, at least electronically at least, controlled at least. And it, since since your CNN Plus subscription is probably canceled by now, you might as well just support Cross Politic. <laughs> Become a Fight Laugh Feast Club member today. Because hey. your CNN subscription canceled. <laughs> do you have a podcast or thinking about starting one? Who's not? Sort of like, you know. Yeah. <laughs> it's the thing to do these days. Everybody's got a podcast. What's wrong with you? Does your church have a podcast feed for sermons? Probably. Mm-hmm. Then dropwave.io is for you. .io, is that a thing? Yeah, it dropwave.io is. Dropwave.io mm-hmm. is for you. Cancel culture is like walking on thin glass, a thin glass bridge over the Grand Canyon. What does that mean? Every step you, t- I'm going I'm to find out. Finish it. Every step you take could get you killed. Yeah. I mean, it's thin glass. It, you, I, you can yeah. fall right through. I don't walk on those things. You know those videos they show yeah. you where like people like walking out on those yeah, glass. I, I don't do that. And they're cracking. I, I don't even watch those things. It freaks me out. Every step you That's take funny. could get you killed. I mean, canceled. Since the law, since the beginning of cross politic, we've been working on being anti-fragile. Yep. So no matter what happens, our content can still be delivered to your TV and to your podcast feed. This past year, the water book. The water boy. You're in this ad? I am. The water boy and his friend Jeremy Mm -hmm. have been working on building a podcast hosting solution for rowdy platforms like CrossPolitik so you can be confident your podcast will never fall through that glass bridge (laughs) provided by Amazon servers or whatever. exactly. Dropwave offers seamless onboarding for shows that have been around for years to easy-use solutions for starting your own podcast. Dropwave will track all your show's downloads by city, state, mm-hmm. country. Mm-hmm. Uh, what about race, gender, Ooh. income? We don't see race. Oh, okay, never mind. <laughs> it offers network and enterprise packages for solutions like the Fight Laugh Fees Network. Free to speak, free to podcast, free to start your journey now. Woohoo! fancy. That was good. Dropwave.io. That was good. You like that? I wrote that, Ed. <laughs> Oh, I like I, it is better right. than when you look, say it though. Look, you know what, Gabe? Um, <laughs> the thing that you need to remember is that all the children they belong to Joe Biden. Uh, listen, you've heard me say it many times about our children, but it's true—they're all our children. 
And the, the reason you're the teachers of the year is because you recognize that. They're not somebody else's children. They're like yours when they're in the classroom. Did you, did you hear that? Hey. All, all, they're not, they're not your children. They're all our children. They're not somebody else's children. They're like yours. He told a group of teachers from the teachers union. Uh, they're yours when they're in your classroom. Now, of course, Biden isn't known for being the most careful with his, uh, what do you call right. them? Words. Gaffs. Words. We gaffs. <laughs> when he's actually speaking truths, not meaning to. Yeah, right. Yeah. It's very, very Freudian of him. Yeah. Um, but, but here's the thing. Like it's, it, it, I think he's saying more than maybe even he knows he means. Right. Um, that this has actually been the goal of the government uh, school system from jump. Right. John Dewey. I mentioned this on the news brief actually on Friday. Okay. John Dewey's the founder, basically the godfather. Let's mm -hmm. call him the god. You got the music? Man, I don't. I don't even know. Okay. <laughs> how about how about this? <laughs> <laughs> John Dewey was the the secular godfather of the government school system. Um, he went to he went to Russia. And came back giddy about the Soviet public school system. Ugh. And then, since then, we've been looking to him to get advice to how to run our government schools. Wow. And the whole goal, he said openly, was basically he believed that the thing that caused uh, divisions and, um, and tension mm -hmm. in society was families and churches. So what he, what John Dewey said was basically that we, sounds like disinformation. We need to get them out of the homes where they're being taught, like you know, to be loyal to their own families. Wow. Get them out of the churches where they're being yeah. taught superstition, yeah. as you know, from their pastors, right. because denominations fight, and that's what you know. That, he thought that was like that's what caused all the wars was right. families and churches. We need to create good citizens by getting them into a uniform government education program right right and that's what john dewey um yeah. has been attempting to do and and so when joe biden says the, they're all our children mm -hmm. I mean, he's he's tapping into a, a deep uh seated part of the plan of right. government education from from jump. last thing really quickly on this yeah is is all this nonsense we about crt in, in public schools okay first of all i mean i'm not in favor of CRT in public schools. Mm -hmm. Are you in favor of CRT in public no, schools? Sir. No, okay. sir. Okay. All right. No, sir. But here's the no. thing. Everybody's jumping up and down, going to their board meetings saying, no CRT in public schools. No, no critical race theory mm -hmm. in public schools. No more of this Marxism in public schools. Here's the thing, people. Mm -hmm. Public schools are Marxist. Right. Public schools are yeah. socialist. We got the idea, or a lot of the ideas, from the Soviets. Yeah, that's right. Who were, you know, got it from the Communist Manifesto. Right. Marx and Engels. Get yep. them out of the homes. Yep. Abolish private property. Abolish a marriage. Start public schools. Start public schools. Yeah, that's unbelievable. Here, here's the thing. You are going to keep getting Marxism in the schools so long as you keep doing government schools because government schools are Marxist schools. They are right. critical race theory. Right. You can't keep planting those seeds and then object when the fruit comes. That's right. And and here's the thing is like Christians who are sending their kids to public schools, you know, they they would reject that notion that, you know, our children are Biden's children. Right. They're all our right. children, you know. Right. But the very fact by sending your kids to public schools, you're just, you're just feeding into that. That's right. that's that's, right. that's what they were designed that, to take away your responsibility. To be all our children right. that, for all the children that, to be the government's that's, children. That's what that's it's, what the, I was the goal from from jump. You can't uh, avoid it. According to political insider, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis on Monday signed legislation creating a state police force to investigate claims of voter fraud oh, and other election integrity violations. Super. All right. This yeah, exactly. The bill creates law and for a law enforcement agency, another one, officially called the Office of Election Crimes and Security. Oh no. It also revises the frequency with which election officials must maintain 
uh, voter registration list, specifically uh, calling deceased individuals, and increases the penalty for ballot harvesting by making it a third-degree felony punishable by up to five years in prison. Now, after signing the bill, Ron, Ron tweeted, Ron DeSantis tweeted out this. The legislation I signed today will continue to make Florida a leader in election integrity by increasing penalties for ballot harvesting, expanding our ban on Zuckerbucks, huh. um, which was a real thing, and um, establishing election integrity unit in state governments to enforce our laws. Now, uh, he, he referenced Zuckerbucks. Uh, Zuckerberg uh, spent about $400 million in the last presidential election. Wow. And he targeted um, a number of the states where a lot of the controversies were at. And right. he funded a lot of the ballot boxes and a lot of that kind of yeah. shenanigans and everything. So he's, he, I, I'm not quite sure how you're going to tell a private individual or outlaw a private individual from being involved in elections. You right. spend money. Right. And so so that's, that's all, all weird. But the, the whole thing just strikes me as like – all right, you know, what happened to the election integrity laws before? We weren't enforcing those. Right. And then now we're going to create a an extra crimes division that the liberals are going to be able to co-opt in 20 years? This is the thing. This is the thing. It's like, you know? I mean, I really like Ron DeSantis. Like, I, I really do. I genuinely, like, as far as governors go, like, I'm thankful that he's a fighter. I'm mm -hmm. thankful that he's punching back. Mm -hmm. But you we just i mean the reason why we're so hard on him is because we like him so much just, yeah. just to be clear yeah. that's like that's why i'm, yeah, I'm at least true. for me yeah. speaking for myself i'm with like, you i think he's on the right side yeah but as republicans so often do is they start things that the democrats come along and co-opt yeah because they don't understand that there are certain areas that they're not even supposed to be in mm -hmm. or there's already categories to do the thing that they want to do and so right. for in this case why what's wrong with the regular police departments yeah. What's, what's what's wrong well, and the current election laws what, what's, what's i mean current election laws why aren't we enforcing those national guard yep. i mean you you have you already have a police force you already have sheriffs you have attorney general yeah whose job it is to make yep. sure there are fair and yep. just elections that's right what's wrong with that why start a new office why fund them with a bunch of money yeah. um I just, I'm, I'm so, so skeptical. Leery. I'm skeptical. Yeah. yeah. Oh, You're skeptical? Yeah. Skeptable. I'm, I'm, I'm skeptical, <laughs> but you know, he's from Texas. Speaking of this, right on the heels of Twitter announcing they had accepted Elon Musk's offer to buy the social media giant. This is still a news story, the huh? The secretary, <laughs> no, but it's more than that. Yeah. The secretary of Homeland Security announced to Congress that the federal government was forming a new disinformation governance board. Mm. So this is Mallorca uh, before Congress announces this. I think it was on Wednesday. And you're forgiven if you hear the name and initially thought it was a board designed to govern the Biden administration's yeah. disinformation. That's course, what I thought. Of course, the Department of Homeland Security... Which is, which is what this um, disinformation governance board is going to be under. Yeah. It's under the Department of Homeland Security. Yeah. was founded by... A Republican. Republican President George W. Bush. Ron DeSantis. Right. This is what happens. This, yeah. is, this is why we are so leery. Skeptical. Skeptical. <laughs> I'm not skeptical. Maybe I'm going to be skeptical. I might be skeptical. Um, George W. Bush, who, who along with Republican majorities in the House and Senate, also passed the Patriot Act, mm -hmm. authorizing the government to spy on you if they think you're a threat to democracy, like because you donated to Canadian truckers or think boys yeah, can't be right. girls. Because yeah. that is a threat to democracy. You're an democracy. extremist. I'm, a, you're an I'm extremist. an extremist. I am. Yeah. So the board is allegedly designed to target human smuggling organizations, peddling misinformation to exploit vulnerable migrants. Yeah. For profit, as well as monitoring messages from terrorists and extremist groups. You're an extremist. <laughs> the director of the new board, a woman named, you want to say it? Yeah, Nina Jank. 
Jankowicz. There you go, guys. Was that Nina Jankowicz? I don't know. Right, let's go with it. Who, Him. among other things, was out in front of the misinformation regarding Hunter Biden's laptop. Remember, she called it Russian misinformation. She said, <laughs> the woman who is now going to be in charge of the wow. disinformation board as is on the record, you know, completely saying this is all a bunch of Russian inf- misinformation, wow. which now, of course, has been demonstrated. Totally. I mean, e- even CNN thinks Hunter Biden's laptops legit and not part of Russian misinformation. Wow. But don't worry if you get out in front of stuff like that, you can get hired and have y- a Republican probably start. <laughs> That's right. Co- okay, this is Joe Biden, of course. But yep. but it was it was started by a Republican. Yeah. Uh, don't worry. The board will be focusing its efforts on Russian misinformation. <laughs> <laughs> is that what it says? <laughs> no. Well, no. Yeah. Uh, that's part of it. It's absolutely absolutely part of it. Um, and immigrants who are particularly susceptible to misinformation. Could it be that immigrants are pulling more conservative than the radical left prefers? So. We got this border problem right. where illegals are coming over in droves, right. and and they start a dis. They're going to solve the problem by starting a disinformation board, right, to help them vote liberal. Ooh, I like it's. It, it blows my mind that the Biden administration and the and some of the conclusions that they've been coming to, and even right. with the economy, right, in this last month. Oh. You know, Biden's talking about raising taxes because we have inflation. Right. His solution is to raise taxes. Right. And because we have a border security problem, his solution is to start a board yeah. of disinformation. Right. But right. It's, it, 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 to your it, point at the very beginning of this, it really is interesting that this is starting right the, the week you know, Elon, Elon Musk's offer gets accepted yeah, by Twitter. That's right. I, I don't think that's an accident at all. I, mean, yeah. I think the, the fact is, is that we're um, this. I mean, it's, it's almost like it's, it's it feels like we the liberals keep opening up um 1984 like <laughs> yeah. orwell and they're like okay what do we do next what's chapter three chapter say three okay <laughs> now we're going to start a disinformation board to make people think the thoughts that we want them to think and say the words we want them to say well and it's important to know that um this is not the first time a democrat has done this kind of disinformation campaign okay this started with woodrow wilson sure. woodrow wilson yeah. was doing this yeah. he, he started i think he started the government's first own communication department yeah um to combat yeah, disinformation, right. war, war, uh, disinformation, yeah. Yeah. and propaganda, propaganda, and all that stuff. Yeah, yeah. This is why we're uh, going to be in Knoxville, at Tennessee, right. in October sixth through right. the eighth. Mm-hmm. Lies, mm-hmm. propaganda, storytelling, story and serrated, the edge. serrated edge Good. fight, laugh, feast conference. Mm-hmm. Sign up today, and remember, if you're a member, you get a hundred dollars off your registration. Mm-hmm. Hey, don't go anywhere. Stick around. David Bonson, Pastor Wilson in the studio. David Bonson's on Zoom. Great book on mis- misinflation, misinformation. Misinflation. Misinflation. <laughs> More cross politic coming up. Home. It's where you build your legacy, where traditions are started, seeds are planted, meals are shared, and stories are told. We are Chris Natalie Carpenter, owners of Story Real Estate, and our team of top agents helps people find homes in Moscow, Idaho, and around the country. Have you thought about a move? Contact us to get connected with a top agent who shares your values and puts your family first. Or reach out to us about our Moscow Relocation Guide. Wherever you're looking to go, we can help you find home. Call us at Story Real Estate or visit us at storyrealestate.com and start building your legacy. Is this the right one? I don't know. I have yeah. no idea. Something happened. Yeah. <laughs> There's music playing. You're bringing us in. Oh, that's right. <laughs> I don't know what to do. Welcome back to Cross Politic. 
And um, yeah, we don't know what we're doing. Gabe's in the wrong seat, and so I'm fading us out, though. Look at that, fading. Yeah, yeah. you know how to fade. Dime Payments is a Christian-owned processing payment business. Every business needs a payment process system, so go to dimepayments.com forward slash FLF and sign your business up. Working with them supports us. They won't cancel you like Stripe canceled President Mm. Trump. They won't cancel you like MailChimp canceled the Babylon Bee. Check them out. At least have a phone call. Tell them that Cross Politics sent you. Go to dimepayments.com forward slash FLF with us. On the line, we are grateful to have Mr. David Bonson again, the founder of the Bonson Group, and has been consistently named one of the top financial advisors in the U.S. And with us in the studio, Pastor Doug Wilson, pastor of Christ Church, award-winning author of more than 100 books. Incredible. (laughs) But not one of the top financial advisors. (laughs) Yes, we we were going to get to that. We were getting to that, actually. Um, so, a uh, brand new book out by both of them, David Bonson and Douglas Wilson, Misinflation, the truth about inflation, pricing, and the creation of wealth. My understanding is that the book actually started I, as a letter from you right. uh, to, to David Bonson. So, so, David, I actually wanted to start by asking you, you know, when you got the first email from Pastor Wilson, what were you thinking? <laughs> <laughs> Um, you know, if I remember correctly, the first email was these kind of sincere and authentic uh, questions around something that he was sort of struggling with, wondering that was almost identical to something I had struggled with and wondered many years ago and something in the realm of why were a lot of people that we mutually respect and have other affinities or agreements with, why were they so consistently wrong in certain economic forecasts? And so there's probably a different way to word it, but it's some derivative of that sentiment. And so it actually is a conversation that, that I embraced immediately. I probably would have embraced any conversation with Pastor Wilson, but this topic was not only with someone whom I respect and enjoy the company of, but it was in a topic that is very near and dear to my heart. So a big part of the question, as I understand it, uh, Pastor Doug, was that, you know, a lot of uh, conservative types have been forecasting massive inflation for, yeah. for decades. Hyperinflation. Hyperinflation. And you kept on saying, and it, you know, we keep printing money out the wazoo and, and all, all this, all these things. And you're asking why, why is it not, happening i i felt like a premillennialist climbing down off the roof for the for the for the fifth time right the, the rapture didn't happen again right and and yet the math seemed to work yeah i thought i understood inflation uh an increased amount of currency chasing a limited number of goods yeah and i knew that the government was printing money and you know was trying to uh Juice the economy. Trying to juice the economy that way. But The Last Train Out, I think Gary North even wrote a book one time called The Last Train Out. Okay. So my entire adult life, hard money conservatives, I call them, have been catching The Last Train Out. Right. Uh But then it never kept, it it always kept not happening. What were you, what were you, what do you mean, like what was the apocalypse supposed to look like to you in this inflation? It's supposed to look like Bolivia in the 80s with hyperinflation or Mm -hmm. the Weimar Republic in Germany. Zimbabwe. Between Mm -hmm. the wars Mm -hmm. where, you know, cat currency was in the gutters. It was worthless. The currency was worthless. And I, I couldn't figure out why that wasn't happening. Yeah. So when as you as you have this correspondence, so the book is actually structured around letters right. uh, between the two of you. Uh, what were some of the main aha moments for you, Doug? 
Um, so, for example, um, uh, an, uh, one aha moment, there were many, uh, was uh, David's explanation of quantitative easing not being, strictly speaking, uh, dumping new currency into the mm-hmm. economy. Mm-hmm. It was a movement of resources, not a creation of new resources. Uh, that, that was like, yeah. oh. Um, but in popular discourse, everything is right. it, it's all lumped together. Yeah, da- David, can you explain um, some of the inflation deflation thing for like two year olds? Like, just imagine, you know, or one and a half year olds. I mean, like, like I mean, yeah, I mean, maybe that that's even shooting kind of high. Yeah, I'll do that, but that's not because I, that's the way I view the listeners of the show. It's just how I'm going to view you guys Thank for you. the purpose. Of- <laughs> Thank you. Fair enough. Uh, by the way, speaking of your, the premillennialism, I, you guys are doing great damage to my postmillennialism. Every time I come on and watch you try to get your gadgets working, because it's getting worse every show. It, it, it's supposed to be going the other direction <laughs> throughout you. history. I, Isaiah has a verse about yes, this. Um, okay. I think that fundamentally inflation has not really been defined better than Milton Friedman in his famous um, phrase that money, that inflation is too much money chasing too few goods. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I constantly say now when I quote it, too much money chasing too few goods and services, and he didn't say that, Mm -hmm. but I'm sort of like taking the liberty almost like some Bible translators take, like to kind of improve upon it a little, because I know what he meant. <laughs> and, and the economy um, is so service oriented today that the principle is unaffected by what yeah. Milton said, right. but adding it makes it a bit more precise. Right. Deflation is why, you know, first of all, I'll say this, and I don't know that everyone listening will agree, but it, it, I'm right about this. You know, you have to print money. Mm-hmm. Okay. Inflation is not the printing of money. Because as Pastor Wilson said, it's when there's a finite amount of goods and services and you're printing more money, mm-hmm. that mathematically that seems obvious to be inflationary. But of course, the problem is if for those of us who believe in free markets and wealth creation, there isn't a finite amount of goods and services. And so the, uh, the need to add money supply with and in proportion to the addition of goods and services is economically logical. The problem is the way in which it's done or the methodology chosen or who picks how to do it. There's a lot of controversy about how you have a money supply that keeps up with the growth of economy. But when people say, what if we had a fixed amount of dollars and then we don't, uh, and then we have goods and services, but don't add to money supply, what would be wrong with that? And the answer there is deflation. Mm-hmm. And, and then you say, okay, well, what's wrong with prices going lower? Well, of course, the problem is incentives. Who in their right mind is incentivized to go produce something new, knowing that the price that they can sell it at will be lower into the future? Mm-hmm. And so yeah. there's, a, there's a tension that hard money people are trying to solve perfectly, which they know is the utopian fallacy because it can't be solved perfectly. There is not going to be a perfect, and a lot of times pietistically, when we use the honest weights and measures verse to say we're against inflation, we're saying something very important and very faithful in principle, but in practice, the idea that any standard ever concocted by man would perfectly align 
prices and um, or, or the quantity of money with the quantity of goods and services is just untrue. And that was a very important economic realization for me many years ago. So inflation and deflation always is the tension between the two things I'm talking about. In, in the, if I could throw something yeah, in here. Please. I, because I want to register this. We had the misfortune, or perhaps it was the good fortune, to have this book released right in the middle of numerous price increases right. of right. a number of commodities, right. which for political purposes, people are hanging around Biden's neck. Yeah. Inflation, inflation, infl inflation. They're yep. using the term inflation, inflation. Right. And one of the aha moments that David gave to me, uh, and I would like to ask him to speak to that, is if you want to look at where real inflation would occur, you need to look at the mm -hmm. bond markets. Mm -hmm. uh, could you say something about that? Not the price of milk, not the price of okay. a two by four, but bond markets. Yeah, I think that what I argued in, in the book is that bond markets are the indicator of inflation and expectation of inflation. The bond markets represent trillions of dollars that are held by very sophisticated actors um, from institutions to banks, to hedge funds, to investors. Um, and so the yield at which they will accept these bonds as an asset into their portfolio is a price mechanism. Uh, you get price discovery out of what these interest rates are that are set by investors and that the bond market has been saying for a long time, hey, your big worry about excessive debt is a lot of things, some good, some bad. Mm -hmm but it isn't inflationary per se. And so I came back to the point at which I was in high school and Ronald Reagan was leaving office and our 10 year treasury bond was 9%. And we had a basically a trillion dollar national debt. Okay. Now we have 32 trillion and everyone is uh, raining cats and dogs over a 2.7%. Bond, uh, treasury yield. So why has bond yields or interest rates done nothing but come down for 30 years while debt has done nothing but go up? And why is the same exact thing true in Europe, in UK, in Japan, in any developed economy? And this was at least a prima facie support that excessive indebtedness puts deflationary pressures on an economy. Now, now the concept of, of deflation has been new to me. You introduced it, I think, to me about a year and a half ago. And uh, I thought that one of the most helpful analogies that you gave us in, in all this uh, to kind of illustrate why deflation is happening and what it looks like is you talked about, um, you know, suppose I take out a loan to buy uh, outdoor furniture for my house knowing that I'm going to get a Christmas bonus in December to pay it off. So I'm, I, and I, I'm, I'm banking on future dollars to pay for some present goods, um, and, and that is deflation. So now I don't have future money to actually grow my portfolio. And, and, and am I explaining that accurately? Yeah, not uh, okay. Um, the the concept I think you no. get, but I just want to <laughs> he's always talking about yeah, the lawn chairs. I talk about civility all the time. I got to be nice. <laughs> no, you're, it's close, but let me just fine tune it. Yeah. In theory, it doesn't have to be deflationary, but can it be something just as bad? Which is, it is um, taking away future growth. Yeah. All right, and so it doesn't necessarily speak to the monetary phenomena. Um, or its impact on prices, okay. but it does absolutely, it's tautologically true. 
mm-hmm. that you're going to get less growth in the future when you take future growth and take it in the present. Yeah. And the mechanic by which that happened, the mechanism is you spent money you didn't have, you're going to get it in the future, you do get it. Obviously, there's a risk to what if you get fired, you don't get the bonus. I'm not speaking to that. I'm just merely speaking to the idea that we no growth is coming and we don't allow it to come because we take it in the future. And you say, well, what's wrong with that? You still got the growth. Mm-hmm. But I didn't say there was anything wrong with getting more growth up front. I just said as a tautology, mm-hmm. it means you get less growth in the future. Mm-hmm. And that is what we've been doing forever. So we pay certain things forward and then are surprised when that growth doesn't come. So you have a camp right now that is saying, and this is sort of beginning as Pastor Doug and I are, are writing these letters back and forth. It says, well, finally, the chickens come on the roost. The inflation's really come. But see, I would say from my point of view, no, the chickens were coming on the roost a long time ago mm-hmm. because we started getting 1.6% real GDP growth 14 years ago. Yeah. And we've been averaging yeah. double that for 60 years. Mm-hmm. And we're mm-hmm. still getting it now. Yeah. We have half of the GDP growth for the last 14 years that we got versus World War II up until financial crisis. Yeah. So I believe that stagnation, which is a better word than deflation in your analogy, that we are living through that. Uh, the analogy I just gave to Ben Shapiro yesterday was, he says, it looks like stagnation starting to come. And I said, no, I would argue you have a student who's capable of being an A student and they're getting B's for a long time, yeah. and, but they can get A's. And then all of a sudden they start getting C's mm-hmm. and you go, wow, the stagnation's coming. Well, no, it had already been there, <laughs> but it. it's just, it's now gotten worse. Got wow. It. So Doug, why is this a pastoral problem? Why, what are you doing as a pastor getting involved Ooh. in economics? Uh, yeah. <laughs> Do you have a biology degree? <laughs> Apparently that's an advantage these days. <laughs> Not so, having one. <laughs> so one of the things that where the, the book ends and, and where David and I agree is that the hedge against inflation mentality is typified in scripture by the servant who buries his talent in the ground, Mm -hmm. uh, trying to protect himself. And ironically, by having priority number one, protecting himself, he fails to protect himself. So it's it's not what's happening to your money, it's what's happening to you. So um, we, when we talk about the, the fictional character in the book, Uncle Wyatt, who's a gold bug, who's got gold coins under his mattress, yeah. and he's living up in a Unabomber cabin in the woods, uh, the, he's thinking, what's happening to my money? What's happening to my savings? What's happening to my investments? And we would ask, what's happening to Uncle Wyatt? Mm-hmm. What, what kind of person is he turning into? Mm-hmm. And that's the pastoral concern. So if you have... Christians who become risk averse because all they're caring about is building walls to protect them in the coming cataclysm, Mm -hmm. which hasn't come for, you know, my entire adult life, the cataclysm that has been predicted multiple times has not come. And in the meantime, average Christians with investments and business opportunities and an entrepreneurial idea Mm -hmm. that they don't pursue because they're afraid of what's going to happen. And that's the pastoral concern. And, and yeah. what do you want? And so the, the charge then is invest. The charge is work. The charge is build a business, build a family, build a community. Right. Uh, take, take risks. Right. Yeah. So in the parable of the talent, uh, the, the talents, 
two of the servants come back with having doubled their investment, but the, it was a risk, a risky endeavor. They right. could have come back with less. Right. Mm-hmm. And the and the uh, servant who buried the talent could have been the only one who came back with any money. Right. Mm-hmm. But he still would have been the wicked servant. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. David, as you see, um, you know the modern evangelical world landscape. Um, I, this is definitely this is one of the drums that you beat constantly, and we've talked to you um, about it before. You have a book called "The Crisis of Responsibility" that's also tied in uh, to all this. Um, what are are you seeing any change of the landscape as you talk about this more and more? As you as you beat the drum of guys, we just need to get busy. We just need to be faithful. Um, it, first of all, I'm a, I, I assume you agree with that. That is the drum that you keep beating. And then second of all, are you seeing any indication that people are actually listening? Yeah, you know, to be honest, and this is in all seriousness, kind of the, the post-millennial part of me talking, I, I think it's in very, very early innings, but I do feel an optimism that there's um, a message getting out that previously was not prevalent and that there is a sort of fertilization taking place um, around a theology of work mm. that, and, and that there is a growing interest in this idea that perhaps the antidote to this thing we say is ripping us apart. I've more or less agree with what they say is ripping us apart. Meaning in the pop culture, there is uh, a total lack of connection, lack of intimacy that, that technology has been net negative to social fabric families there is this alienation that's taking place that's resulting in us all acting awful to each other and tribalization. And, and I believe that faithfulness will mean a greater embrace of Genesis one mandate of productivity. Hmm. Okay. So this is an inherently economic concept that has creational and theological roots as everything does. Hmm. And that that message is at least starting to be accepted as a starting point to hearing more because before it was, I don't want to hear about this market stuff, money stuff, wealth, but capitalism, I don't use that word much. People don't like that word, but I don't know. I think that there's a lot of people embracing a message of enhanced productivity for its teleological function, Mm -hmm. that there is this sort of existential conversation we can have, which ultimately is exactly what pastor just said is a matter of faithfulness in for the person. Mm-hmm. And so, um, the look, Pope John Paul II was outstanding on this subject, and yet Rome is, has shifted left in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. There's been certain evangelicals that have kind of um, given a little bit of a message around work and take it seriously and be good at work, but they've been kind of afraid to really press forward. And, and that's where I want my adult life to be somewhat different is I hope I can press the message with no reservation, no qualification. I am on a full blown mission to drive workaholism as a theological merit. Now, <laughs> obviously then people immediately need me to qualify what I mean and don't mean. And that, that's okay. Yeah. But yeah, I do think that audience is there, Toby. I just think yeah. there's a, so much work to do. And unfortunately I think a lot of the work needs to be done in the church. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. That's, that's it. That's the message right there. Do it. Get to and, get to work. And uh, since Knox is not here, we're just, this is the right place to end. Okay. You know, so all right. If get you, the book, get the book, Miss Inflation, and and you know the drill. And if, if, speaking of getting busy and work, yeah. 
If you're single, get married. If you're married, have kids. If you have kids, baptize them. If you baptize them, disciple them. Until next week. Get them them a job. (laughs) Get them a job. Go fight, laugh, and feast. This is Cross Politics. Joe Biden ran on the promise of free community college. But when Joe Biden offers you something for free, say education or a back rub, he's probably got something else in mind. Remember this, free tuition doesn't mean a free education. I'll explain. When they say free education, what they mean is you get the goodies, someone else gets the bill. They definitely don't mean intellectual freedom, spiritual freedom, or medical freedom. Their so-called free education is designed to teach you how to follow orders, namely theirs. Free enslavement, yippee. At New St. Andrews College, we seek to graduate leaders, free men and women who shape culture living faithfully under the Lordship of Jesus Christ. We seek to equip our students with biblical wisdom, integrative knowledge, creative insight, and humility to lead our culture faithfully as the servants of all. So we believe in free education too, just not the Joe Biden kind. Click the link to apply to New St. Andrews College today.